Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. Hi, I'm Abby. And I'm Vanessa. And you're listening to The Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly podcast where we recap your favorite Bravo shows in 30 minutes or less. And I am coming to you all from Hilton Head. I'm feeling kind of like a Southern Charm star here. I missed last week. Um, Thank you so much, Jess, for the Real Housewife of the West Side for filling in. Um, But we have a lot to discuss. I mean, it's been a crazy week. It's been a crazy week, as always. I feel like we're constantly saying this, but truly, it is in the Bravo world. And I'm so happy to have you back. Abby. Thanks. It's going to be back, but like, okay, below deck. I will say, I we've talked about below deck. How it's the reason why we love it is you don't have to religiously watch every episode. Um, but below deck Mediterranean is my favorite. Um, no offense to the other below deck crew, but what do you think of Mila? Um, she's fucking awful. If everything, she's terrible. I think she's like, I'm honestly shocked knowing how obviously Bravo as a network network is very LGBTQ, like friendly. Andy, obviously a big executive is Sandy. Yeah. Sandy. So it blows my mind that like a homophobe would get through it. But I mean, did you see something today that there might be something up with Mila? Yeah. Is it kind of too... It's interesting. As I first was watching it, what shocked me is, like, yes, I get she's Russian, but she kept, like, bragging how she lived in France for four years. And I was like, France makes, like, the most liberal American look staunch conservative. Like, I just feel like the French are very open with gay and, like, LGBT, like, just the whole lifestyle. But, like, beyond that, just, like, they express um, affection just openly, whether like men kiss men that are straight men kiss men that are gay, you know, like that's just how they are. So I was shocked that she lived in France for four years that this was so troubling to her and then face reality 16, which is an awesome uh, account for Bravo, just buzz and tea posted that Mila's actually an extra actor slash model. Oh shit. So that's when I was like, maybe this is true, which would shock me that Bravo did like truly just planted an actress pretending to be a chef. Um, but that would explain the whole, like she clearly is Russian. Like she speaks it. She has the accent. She kind of, you know, has that like dark kind of Middle Eastern look to her, yeah. but um, Middle Eastern, like Europe, I guess I should say. But um, I couldn't get it. Like, I was just like, I feel like anyone, one who's a chef, like, I just feel like there's a lot of different people in that industry, but to live in France for four years, like you would think she'd be a little more open-minded, but maybe she's just playing a part. I don't know. I don't know what to believe. I would also find it hard to believe that anyone would volunteer to like be a, a casted as a homophobe. Well, yeah. I mean, how's she ever going to get a part anywhere again? If this is true, I mean, thinking that the acting community probably has a, a higher rate of, um, you know, LGBT um, people than probably other, you know, sure. industries. It just, 
yeah, I feel like she's almost blacklisting herself, but I'm really curious to see if Bravo responds to that. I'm sure they'll re- I'm sure they'll respond and I'm sure they'll respond with the cast members responding. Like, yeah. I-, I could kind of believe it in terms of like that's how she ended up on below deck. I don't know. I'm mixed I would be upset with Bravo if that was true because it's pretty shitty to your viewers. We know with reality TV, especially as we've seen cameras on Vanderpump rules as they're filming, we know there's some scripting going on. They have right. call sheets. I like to think the interactions are at least real. At- yeah. But so it would just be very disappointing as a viewer if they planted a fake homophobic shot. Yeah. I'm just, I'm really curious to see, but I would recommend like checking that out because like it kind of looks like it might be true. Um, it's wow. a great detective work by that account, by the way. Uh, yes. So really that was it for this week. I feel like the, the charter guests were really sweet, maybe too sweet. I think they should have been a little bit more pissed off about some of the food. Um, um, yes. <laughs> like I would have been kind of pissed if, well, they luckily didn't serve those disgusting. Na- I've made better nachos drunk. Those just got, those nachos were disgusting. They're nasty. The cake, like the, every oh. chef should be able to at least know how to bake a basic cake. Yeah. Like the, so and, that was, you know, up. not put steak in the microwave, but you know, let's, that's been, yeah. I feel like everyone's covered that. It's just so gross. But, um, yeah, but I felt like it was, it was a good group. I think, um, I'm interested to see some of the interactions with the members. I can see maybe there's going to be some drama with some of the personalities. Um, But I think it's going to be a really good season. I agree. I think it's going to be a great season. So really jumping on to the next, our ladies of Beverly Hills are uh, in France. And I think it's really cool they went to Provence. They didn't do like Paris or something very, I don't want to say cliche, but. I Something like, different. Yeah, you just don't hear of people going to Provence that much. So it's, well, and that's also a little bit more luxe, like rich. Yeah, I really want to go stay in that castle. It was like, did you watch Downton Abbey? Uh, no, I never got into that. It's really good. I loved it. But like, I it's like the way the whole like staff came out to greet them. That's like what they did anytime there was a guest coming to stay at Downton Abbey. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's like legit. Um, but really. I had high hopes for the trip and I'm sure it's going to get better. I mean, it's really just kind of starting. They just got there, but that, I mean, so far really the only highlight has been the dinner at the end where for some reason, Teddy and Kyle felt the need to kind of keep bringing up the fact that Rena was almost insulting Erica Jane when she went as Erica Jane for Halloween um, by saying the whole, you giving the, Bunny back. Yes, I didn't have to repeat it, so thank you. No, um, yeah. So, but what's your take on this kind of like three slash four person feud? I don't know. It's dumb. You can tell. I knew Andy said the season of Beverly Hills is going to feel like two completely different seasons, and he's right in not the best way. I just feel like we're reaching for drama here, and Erica didn't buy their bait. It's just dumb. If she doesn't care that Rena dressed as her, she's not offended by Rena. If she's not bothered by it, then the rest of you shouldn't be. Like, just stop. So I give her props for just ending the conversation. It it just seemed like a stretch. It just seemed dumb. I want Teddy to go. I'm over I do Teddy. Too. I'm so over Teddy. I um, I didn't understand why Teddy kept going, like bringing it up. Like she said the same thing over and over again. Teddy, we get it. If somebody went as you for Halloween. And acted like that, you'd be pissed. But I think the one thing they're all forgetting, and like that's what Erica kept saying, it's a performance persona. It's not, it's not really Erica. Like it's Erica Jane. Yeah. So she was not offended by it because, like, that's just however she performs and however people take it. Like 
that's great. That's why she does it. If someone went as her, the person, I could see why she might be offended. But, you know, it just seems so silly that Teddy was the one who kept bringing it up. I didn't really understand that. I didn't understand it. And like she said, it's a caricature of herself. It's just. Yeah. I Honestly, I wish it was Erica Jane in that moment talking to <laughs> Teddy. Because it probably would have been at least a little bit more uh. interesting fight. I feel like. This season has been Erica Girardi, and I want Erica Jane back. I want a little bit of that spice. She's been boring. Well, like, when she was like, don't ever call it fake amnesia. And, like, when she laid into Teddy last year, I thought it was really harsh. But, like, I wanted that this year. She just seemed so – maybe because she was just so bored and it was so transparent with what they were doing. But she was just like, no, I'm not upset. No, no. Like, no emotion or anything. But – I think we're going to see a little bit more of it come out uh, in the next episode. The one thing I will say I really enjoyed out of this episode before we jump over to Southern Charm is Erica Jane, Erica Girardi, I should say, hungover was incredible. I think that's the first time I've seen her hungover on the show. So that was amazing. I I didn't realize she doesn't really drink. I loved that. Like, I mean, I love that she let loose, but I didn't know that she really doesn't. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, I can't remember if this was episode of the one previous but I also it was the one previous because it was um Erica Jane Erica Girardi and Rena getting lunch I love the fact that she ordered a coke yeah yeah I enjoy that too she's um I order coke I drink regular coke I probably have one once a day it's my vice um I love that I just thought that was kind of cool yeah I always think people who drink regular coke are pretty like you don't do coffee no I don't drink coffee so I to get my caffeine I yeah. drink a Coke, which is the worst thing for you, but I've accepted it that if this is the worst thing I'm having in my body as my vice, then fuck it. I'm going to do it. But it's actually it. better for you than Diet Coke. I know. That's what I've heard. I figured just get so, the real sugar. Yeah. They say get the real thing and then just do like 10 minutes on an elliptical if you're worried about the calories. But anyway, <laughs> on to, there's my nutrition facts from Abby. Yeah. Uh, on to Southern Charm. Um, God, I feel like every episode, it just keeps building and we keep seeing more and more. Like, I just can't, like, I can't wait to keep, like, see where the season goes. I know. How, what was your take about Catherine and Danny? Like, how do you think that was handled from Catherine's perspective? I think Catherine just kind of shuts out. Like, she was just sort of like, okay. She was getting a little defensive. It was like, she wasn't really hearing what other people were saying. And even in her, um, like interview test, like, you know, one-on-one thing, it seemed like she was kind of, she didn't really get what everyone was saying. Like, she just kept thinking like, what I've done is like more traumatic than what everyone's gone through. Um, And I felt like she was just kind of shutting down and not listening to anything anyone else was saying to her. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can understand how she would feel attacked. I feel like she's definitely someone you have to approach things a certain way. I do appreciate her friendship with Danny and that they, are very honest with each other, even if they don't disagree with it. I think that's what real friends do. Um, and it, from the sounds of it, they seem to be okay. Like, yeah, Catherine posted that they're like the best of friends and that she loves her. So there's nothing to worry. I think it's real. It shows that not all friendships, if you're really good friends with someone, your best friends are going to call you out on your shit. Sure. And those are the people you want in your life. Well, and I think too, maybe it took her like hearing it maybe from other people. Cause even chef was kind of saying, you can't fault someone for caring about you. Like, you can't say, I'm mad at you because you said you're concerned with how I'm behaving and you're just bringing to light what other people are seeing. I mean, yeah, I might not like hearing it, but I would rather a good friend be concerned about me. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think maybe she wasn't seeing it so much as a place of concern and just was, like, hearing that she was doing something wrong and couldn't handle it. Yeah, but that's a good um, point. 
I'm glad to see though that they, I mean, I think, I think Catherine really needs Danny probably maybe more than Danny needs Catherine, but obviously for Danny, it's been like a mutually um, beneficial friendship. Otherwise she wouldn't continue, um, you know, really supporting her the way she does. But um, it was interesting. I think it made it real. I feel like this isn't maybe what I would say. Maybe it's one of the least scripted shows minus Austin. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was real. I mean, I've had tips with my best friends. Like, I mean, granted they've been drunken, but it's real. Like you, it's easy to take digs and jabs at the people closest to you. For sure. Um, What did you think about Cam kind of like actually getting to experience life I don't want to say not as a mom because you're always a mom, but like not worrying about Palmer. I, so her take on being a stay at home mom. And I remember during maternity leave when I would count down the minutes, seconds to when Kyle would get home. Cause I just needed to hand the baby off and have like a moment to myself. So I thought that was very, very relatable. I feel like a stay at home parent, man or woman, I think that's the hardest job there is. I can't, you do go crazy. I thought it was a real and honest conversation. I know there's been some chatter in the Instagram sphere that Cam can afford a nanny probably and she could go back to work and all these things. But it's like people like, yeah, she has a privileged life, but she's also entitled to her feelings and it is fucking hard. And I appreciate her being honest about it. And I think for her too, like what I, I agree, I think she said in an interview, I realized I could afford, I can afford a nanny and I could get more help if I want to, but it's like that mom guilt. She feels like she should be the one taking care of Palmer and she should be able to do the real estate stuff on the side while Palmer's napping and still manage being a great mom. And I think whether you work or stay at home, you feel like as a parent, you're just being pulled a hundred different directions and we're seeing her kind of have to figure that out and it you don't necessarily realize it until your kids start getting a little bit older I think like it's a little easy when it's just sort of like feed change a diaper nap and it's just that's on repeat yeah um but it gets harder when it's like engage with me play with me do activities with me I'm gonna take a two-hour nap if you're lucky and then I want to run around again and it's like how do I figure out how to be a good mom and engage and do the fun activities, but also then like rest up and have energy to be a good wife or husband, you know, cause it can be either, either side, but then also like be a good friend and want to go out. Like half the time I feel like I make so, like plans to do something social and six thirty rolls around and I like pray that people will cancel cause I'm so tired. I just want to go to bed. Now it's a constant ba- balancing act. And I feel like in the first year you don't give yourself enough grace you're super hard on yourself. Everything's changing. You're, I mean, you're, it's, it takes time. You and the baby are getting to know each other. Babies in those first, like, six months, like, sleep is can be a thing or not a thing. They go <laughs> through those leaps. Like, it is a, it's really, really hard. I like that she's super honest, and we've always loved that about Cam. I agree. Um, I also love Craig. Uh, I think, I mean, it's pretty obvious by her post where you probably have a little bit of a, a bias towards Craig. We have, it is a bias. Um, 100%. I a little bit. I, yeah. I mean, it's not a little bit. You're right. It's like a completely obvious um, bias to him, but I loved also then like Catherine kind of like opening up about having to be a single mom with him. Um, his responses to everything cracked me up. Like I know you guys touched last week on the whole, like let's watch frozen. Um, but then like, he's like, we're around all these fabrics, Catherine. Don't be sad. Uh, yeah. But I just think it's interesting that Catherine um, really opens up to him about stuff. I was just going to say that. And I think probably because he doesn't 
I think Craig as much, I think she can relate to Craig in a different way where people have been super hard on him for different Mm -hmm. reasons. He's been constantly judged for not being a lawyer, for being lazy, for not getting his act together. Like he's been judged in a different way. And I think they're kindred spirits in that sense. That's a good point. And they're able to be vulnerable with each other. And I, I made me honestly to this week's moment made me really kind of understand their relationship a little bit more and why they're close friends. Yeah. I think Craig also is never really afraid to speak up for the unpopular person. Like I think he tries to do what he thinks is right. He's always stood up for Catherine. And I think it's kind of funny, like, when everyone was kind of against her because of what Thomas was saying, he, like, was the one to point out, like, maybe Whitney's, you know, doesn't like her because he's in love with her. And maybe Thomas, like, maybe she's right. And Thomas is a horrible human being. And we're starting to see that Craig's sort of view on a lot of these things from seasons ago are turning out to be true. And I'm sure she appreciates that he's kind of always been in her corner. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even Patricia loves Craig because she does not go to anyone's parties. I know. I was so surprised that she showed up. I was like, wait, this is weird. Where's Michael? (laughs) She has a crush on him for sure. I mean, Craig is not in like a sexual way. Just like, no, but he's just sweet. He's just cute. He's endearing. He's like endearing. And I feel like even though people don't always take him seriously, he seems like very wholesome in his approach sometimes. Like he just seems, comes across very endearing. Um, I agree. Do you think Anna Hayward <laughs> finds him to be endearing or annoying? I don't fucking understand that. I do like that Whitney <laughs> called her an assistant. I think it's hilarious he calls her Anna Hayward and that she like, had to wake him. I don't understand. Like, it's just a weird dynamic and I feel like there needs to be a little bit more explanation on their relationship, at least for me to get. I fully plan on tweeting, you know, and Andy's like, tweet me questions for the reunion. Like, I am probably going to tweet a hundred questions to him for the Southern Charm re- reunion. I really hope he asked Cam about the whole ad thing. Like, I'm going to go there and tweet and ask him about yes, it. Yes, girl. Um, and I really want Craig to explain Anna Hayward to us. And why does everyone call her Anna Hayward? It's so odd. It is very odd. I want to know why she's Anna Hayward. I mean, and if she's, like, doing all the work. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I love that she dumb. told him to, like, we need some help. So he's like, I'm going to have a pillow party. And I'm going to invite all these people who've never, like, sewn anything in their life. To come over and help me do pillows. And then none of them did it. It was just somebody like, yeah, no, Craig, we're not going to help you. No, that was really, really funny. Um, One moment that this doesn't happen at the pillow party. But what did you think about Madison? Oh, talking to Patricia. They had a moment talking about uh, life post Austin in that one. Madison was married before. I did know that. And that she admitted to having revenge sex. Yeah. um, Well, and then. (laughs) Patricia tweeted so she's what she said to Madison she had tweeted and it was like revenge sex they're on the loose in Charleston um I love that her response back was in my day we didn't have revenge sex we had revenge husbands and it made a much bigger impact um I well I think it's odd that Patricia likes her to be honest I feel like she would find her to be a little low class only because of the whole like threesome video coming out and staying with him um I don't know. I mean, maybe she has a, like a soft spot for her because, you know, Miss Patricia was a a single parent most of her time with Whitney. Um, and she sees that with Madison, you know, being married, divorced and having a son. I don't know. I feel like I want to know more about this dynamic because I think maybe Patricia sees or knows something about her that we don't. Yeah. And on one hand, I do appreciate Madison just owning up to that. Like in 
I feel like in Housewives, the playbook there would be for someone to bring that up in the reunion. Yeah. Like, well, you had revenge sex and here are the texts and all yeah. that stuff. And I, I do applaud her for at least owning it. She's like, yeah, I had revenge sex. But he's the one who had a threesome, like kind of circling back. Like he's. Yeah, it started I mean, with him losing. It started with him. Yeah, you know, like the trust was lost with him. She probably put the nail in the coffin, but I mean, he really initiated it. I just don't think they're a good couple. I think it's pretty fake and staged. Yeah, I don't think they're a good couple either. But I do live for Chelsea calling Austin out on his shit. She might be my new favorite. She might start surpassing Cam because for the female of the female characters. Because she really just like, she, what you see is what you get. And she really does not play the whole two-faced behind your back game. No, no. And I love that she's just like, well, I, I can't even quote her. But basically like, keep my business out of your damn mouth. Well, I like, like how don't you, talk yeah. about me. He goes, I was drunk. And she was like, I don't care. You can take your drunk, you know, behavior and shove it up your ass. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I need to I keep that it. in mind. Like, I never say <laughs> shove it up your ass enough. And I'm going to start saying it more. So but <laughs> people who know me just don't piss me off because that's going to be my response back. Shove it up your ass. You know who can shove it up their ass, though? Who? Luann and her fucking cabaret. Oh, my God. I don't... Life is not a cabaret. I wow, Luann. This episode was bananas. My blood was boiling at multiple points. So I feel like we need to just honestly like break down the multiple times in which Luann showed. I'm just going to say it. that She's not a good person. Like, I don't think it's her sobriety or whether she's drinking. And I, you know, Barbara said it's just, I think we're just seeing who she really is. And she kind of sucks as a person and she's self-absorbed. She's so self-absorbed. So moment number one, speaking of yes. Barb. So Barb was upset. Set. um she just felt like very excluded from the group i mean she doesn't fit in let's be honest she doesn't she didn't fit in she kind of just wanted to go home she wasn't making much of an effort and she broke down to bethany and bethany's like you are harboring like really negative energy and people feed off of your energy like try to be part of the group and you know bethany was there for her and kind of turned it around for barb and barb's like okay yeah okay i'm gonna you know pick up my pants and yeah pick up I'm ruining another saying. Yeah. Put on my big <laughs> like, girl panties. No, yes, but... thank you. And she's southern all of a sudden. I know. I feel like I was carrying that over from. I've been in no. head. I'm, I think it's just, it's rubbing <laughs> off on me. But Luann's, I think her response was like, I'm going to go get ready for my meeting. Like she just was not there for her. And really the only reason why Barb is part of the group, I mean, her role is friend of Luann. So you would think Lou would kind of, be the one giving her a hug and giving her advice. But instead she was just off worrying about herself. Um, and she was so dismissive. So I do give kudos to Sonia. What did you think about the whole AA conversation and how that, like, how did you think that played? How do you, so, how did you think that played out? I think actually Ramona impressed me the most this episode because Bethany went in there and had to talk with her. And I think the way, Bethany said it. Um, it truly came from a place of concern. Sonia said she like agreed. It did. It was coming from a place of concern. She understood what she was saying. Did you notice how though Bethany said, "I don't want you like you're on. I don't want you to teeter off or something like that." And Luann's like, "She's already teetered off, and that's the scary thing." I felt like Luann like was like almost like judging her and was almost in a way happy that like maybe Sonia's an alcoholic too. Yeah, no, I, I just think Luann shows no empathy. And I think someone in that situation, instead of being judgy, would be like, yeah, like, what can we do to help? Or 
it'd be a little bit more empathetic. And I don't blame Sonia. I wouldn't want to go to, if I had to go to AA meeting, Luann would not be the person I'd want to go to. You want to make that decision on your own. I almost felt like maybe like Bethany should have gone with her back in New York. Like it just felt really weird to go while on vacation when everyone else is going to a pool. And then, so, but she agrees to go really because she truly does, I think, love Bethany and Ramona and values the relationship and their advice to her. And she comes down and Luann's like, that is so inappropriate for AA. I, I didn't know there was a dress code for No, I didn't either. These type I was of like, meetings. okay, okay, Luann. And I love that Sonia in her interviews, like she has a slit up to her vagina, basically. <laughs> she and that's did. acceptable. But cool. Thanks, Lou. Yeah. Um, so they go. And obviously we don't see the meeting because it's, you know, anonymous. But on the car ride back, you know, you hear Sonia kind of start saying how, like, it was impacting her. It's hard for her to hear that people are, are hurt and she's very like sensitive to that and it sticks with her. And I, I relate to it because when I was younger, like if I would see like a homeless person or somebody like even in a wheelchair, whether it was like a broken leg or like just some sort of disease, I would start crying and like the mall and stuff. Like I, so I get kind of having like a hypersensitive sensitivity to other people's pain. pain. Yeah. And <clears throat> I could see why that'd be really hard. I don't know if I could sit there and hear about a man saying he's on the streets because of his drinking. Like it would be yeah. really heartbreaking. Um, so, you know, Luann, like think kind of as uh, Bethany says, has uh sequined earmuffs on and like was not hearing it. And then they get to the cabana and she really just kind of loses it. I think all of it just hits her. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's kind of like, I think the problem, everyone's like crowding around her. Like, I feel like if you're having an anxiety attack, one person maybe sit you down and like, let you breathe and calm down. But like, everyone was so on top of her. <laughs> but Luann's like, um, are we going to the beach? Does anyone want to go for a swim? And yeah, Sonia is full on crying. Bitch. Yeah, such a bitch. And I mean, I would think for Sonia, I'm sure it'd be such a weird dynamic to go to an AA meeting where you're sitting there with homeless people who have nowhere to go. And then here you are with the TV crew going to a cabana and like, it it would just be very, it would be weird. And I'm sure she needed time to decompress from that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Oh, it was just, and Louie was such a, uh, a see you next Tuesday. She really was. (laughs) And so I, th- I was really proud of the group for being like, okay, let's just get the food to go and let's go back to the house. Cause I think they recognized everyone kept saying, there's something else triggering you right now. This isn't just that the cabana has sand in it. Like there's something going on and let's just get her out of here and like, let her have a moment. And I thought that was actually like really sweet that there really, nobody questioned it except for Luann and they all went back. Luann going back into the beach and the fact that she was just so dismissive. If you care about this friend, and that who experienced that with you, regardless if you think she's um, seeking attention or not, you would think she would at least be there and just go with the group, whether she wanted to or not. But we did. I'm almost glad it happened because every single person, like, there kind of was like, this is n- not okay that Luann is doing this. And then Barb even said she really isn't being a friend to me and kind of starts speaking about it. And my favorite Barb moment was when she was like, you know what? The masseuse isn't going to be in her room. It's going to be in mine because she's not here. And I think that's when, like, the rest of the group was kind of like, hey, we sort of like Barb now. Like, and they were even saying, like, do you feel like you're fitting in? Because we're starting to really like you. Yeah. No, I, you could definitely feel an energy shift just as a viewer that she felt a little bit more included. She's smiling more. I don't know. Yeah. She's, like, talking more. 
in my head I'm like is this like you're now like trying to try really hard on the housewives to maybe come back yeah maybe I she, doubt she's gonna be back she, no. she's like, oh shit I need to try yeah. a little harder if I want this paying gig but but of course then so she brings that they all so then like Luann comes first of all Luann's at the beach then she's like adamant about finding her poster with her, with her cabaret takes her picture it was hilarious like how self-absorbed like watching her was the funniest shit when she said to the stranger stranger this is a really big moment for me i'm sure that person's like i really probably don't even know who you are and even if i did you're a freaking reality star you're not like barbara streisand and standing next to her like you know star on the walk of fame like this is ridiculous and she comes back and she's all pissy that you know, that people basically didn't just be like, oh, here's your masseuse. Go ahead of all of us who've been waiting all day. The lack of self-awareness is bananas. Like, it's, it's – she, her head is so far up her own ass. She, it's unbelievable. I mean, the fact that – so, like, really, you know, the ladies are doing their – like, they're getting massages and they're getting blowouts to go out to dinner. And Luann doesn't get a blowout because, I mean, she was gone for two and a half hours throughout the day. So people had, you know, plans and time slots and – so whatever, she's mad about it. But she had, like, the audacity to bring it up. The first thing she says at dinner was sort of like, oh, you yeah. know, I'm last, and I didn't get my hair done, and I barely, you know, my massage was so rushed, and people were coming in and out of my room. It's just like, okay, well, what? What the fuck? Yeah. Like, really? Like, oh, poor you. You had to do your own hair? Oh, my gosh, Luann. Like, it was so ridiculous how she started that conversation she's dumb if she thinks we're not going to react to that bethany's eyes like i could just see her eyes slowly turning red as that conversation started and the straw that broke the camel's back and this is maybe the only episode where i've loved tensely she slurred a little bit and she said something i can't remember what the word was but it was she just, said yeah i'm drinking luann like she was just trying to defend well, bef- Barb. right Barb before was that up. she stuttered on a word it was just like one word and you could still understand what she said and luann goes what did you say i couldn't understand you and she was like because i'm drinking yeah i'm drinking and i love that she was like kind of like waving her glass like you can't and i can yeah and i mean she was defending barb yeah barb was trying to open up to her and like luann like bethany was right uh, Luann didn't let Barb talk. She tried to just like hug her and let's like move on. And Barb didn't really get to finish an express. And I love that Tinsley jumped in and Luann was such a bitch. And she's using her sobriety as a way to like dismiss other people when they're drinking and having their emotions with her. Yeah. And Bethany just fucking lost it. And it was, it was kind of hard to watch because at first I was like, yes, go Bethany. Like tell her how bad she is. But then you almost, it's like Bethany, the more she kept saying, you didn't, you haven't asked me about Dennis and Dennis did this for you. And you haven't even asked me. It's almost like you're watching her process. The fact that like Dennis really did die of a drug overdose. Like, I think she's processed that he's gone, but like the reason why he's gone, it was like, it really hit her as she kept saying it. And it was, that, well, that part was heavy. Yeah. And all the details that she shared as well, like that was like crazy you know the fact that she saved Luann from um what did she say she saved her from uh driving the car yeah Yeah, the car the cops not reporting like she revealed a lot and it was it was hard to listen to and Luann just like was like oh wow like okay Bethany like you're really gonna go there and just as like you, this girl is breaking down she gave up a lot for you for, and for good like for her heart like she was coming from a good place Bethany and Luann have never had the best of relationships and for her to stop everything to help someone in need and bring her ex-fiance like really 
Luann. Like, wow. Yeah. It was just, um, I just, I like, I, and I heard, you know, Luann was at the, um, reunion. So I like, I kind of hope they come at her really hard and maybe expose like the way she's really behaving to her. Cause she clearly doesn't see it. The fact that she left the rehab early because of the cabaret, like she acts as if the cabaret is the only reason why she has money. Yeah. I mean, you could have waited a week and like it was one more week. Your cabaret really didn't take off. At, it wasn't taking off at that point. So, and I mean, how much money is she really making from this? I'm sure she's making way more from being a housewife and probably, well, actually she probably doesn't get alimony money anymore after she married Tom and divorced him. So maybe she does need it. I mean, yeah, maybe she does. And the truth of the matter is there would be no cabaret if there were no housewives. Yeah. So maybe you should respect probably the one who pulls the most strings on the Real Housewives of New York, which is <laughs> Bethany Frankel. And, you know, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Yeah, I mean, I think if anyone's learned anything, if you go against Bethany and try to get her either off the show or make her look bad, it never goes well. So it's really just in your best interest to befriend her, whether you like her or not. Um, I mean, look at Ramona. She's always trying to get back in Bethany's good graces. Yep. Yep. What an episode. And we got another to be continued. Of course. So. <laughs> I'm just going to stop talking yeah, about them. Yeah, I know. But it was good. And we always love New York. But this kind of brings us to our favorite part of the show. And we're going to give this week's shout out to you. You, the person listening. Because it has blown our minds. So I was randomly just looking. I never checked the podcast rankings. I was just bored and on my phone. This is like, you know, when you go down a rabbit hole late at night and you're just like, <laughs> kind of looking at things. It. Like, I didn't know that yeah. was possible. <laughs> so I was just like looking and I'm like, oh, okay. Like I see some of our podcast friends that we've met and I'm scrolling and scrolling. And I'm like, holy shit. Oh my God. Our names are on there. In the top and, 200. And there's in like the top so 200. many podcasts. Like, I'm actually kind of floored that that many people are listening to us that we're like, no, but we thank are you. So grateful. Thank you so much for listening. Truly. We love doing this. It is so much fun. And we've loved that. We've gotten to connect with you all through Instagram, email, however, it's just been a pleasure. And I, it's awesome. Yeah. It's such an, I would say for two working moms from the Midwest, that's just huge I know I mean it's crazy because I really mean really for those who say we really just kind of started this thinking like maybe a few people will listen but it's just gonna be a fun hobby for us because sometimes you just need something that it, it like outside of being a mom so that's how this really like developed for us um and so the fact that like people are actually listening and embracing it makes it that much more fun and fulfilling so thank you like truly it's just been unbelievable yeah, so thank you. Thank you for listening. We love you so much. And so since you love listening to us, <laughs> I hope, <laughs> this is where we're going to shamelessly plug ourselves a la Ramona. Um, give, leave us a five-star review. Write us a review. And please don't forget to follow us at Real Moms of Bravo on Instagram if you aren't already. And we will catch you all next week. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now, and for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672, or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment.